Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Claire. And this is Cece. And here is our headline news edition for December 6th, 2020. So our first story is that Betsy DeVos extends the pause of student loan payments until January of next year. An extra month has been granted for around 41 million Americans who have student loans currently. Uh, This means that they're essentially freezing monthly payments and interest. To be more specific, around 41 million debtors have had their interest suspended, so they only pay their uh, regular payments, while 33 million have have had their entire payments paused, so they are not paying student loans right now. The Department of Education, uh, which is overseen by Betsy DeVos, has also stopped tracking down people who have their loan payments on default. You know, the um, I watched one time, there was a BuzzFeed skit where this girl was, I think Quinta, do you know her? No. No? <laughs> she has student loans and they would call her and she'd shut them down every time. <laughs> Because it's a, more of a, like, oh, are you, like, Cecilia Kwan? You, like, and they're like, um, yes, I am. Like, who are you? And she's like, well, I'm calling from, like, the loan service. And they're like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I get voicemails from, like, people trying to tell me I have student loans. And I'm like, girl, I'm not in college. So. Yeah. Scam. So now they don't, they don't do that anymore <laughs> for the time being. Um... So how this works in general is that the federal government asks federal student loan services to just stop billing the borrowers. So Mm -hmm. for the people whose um, payments and interests have been suspended. DeVos states that this measure is only temporary and it should be up to Congress to finally decide what to do with federal student loans. Mm -hmm. Now, for the first time, I finally agree with the few things that she's done. (laughs) Whoa. Because she, like, although she's the secretary of um, the Department of Education, a lot, the student loan, the, pa- uh, basically, you have to pass legislation for that. Mm-hmm. And that has to come from Congress. So, like, I, I know, I, I, I agree with what she says at the end. And yeah. right now, I'm not sure if Congre- Congress has not written anything about student loans, like, federal student loans. But I do know that the Democrats are, at least the progressives, are pushing for student loan forgiveness. Oh, Where you're just canceling large swaths of student loan debt. It's so hard to pay off, right? Yeah. And and also, it helps stimulate the economy as well. Because, like, if you, the Ernie, the money you earn... (laughs) the Ernie (laughs) the money you earn is going to like instead of going to the loan services which is basically the the federal loan services with the federal government Mm -hmm. instead of going there and it's it instead of going there it could be going to like you know buying like a pastry at your local bakery or purchasing like grocery items going out Mm -hmm. to well you can't really go out to Watch movies or eat, <laughs> but you get my idea. So, like, redirecting the funding yes. somewhere else to people who actually need it. Yeah. Biden has mentioned and mentioned interest towards something like that, uh-huh. but not complete student loan forgiveness. More like, oh, I'll take off $10,000. Okay. I mean, it's better than nothing, I feel like. Yeah, but, I mean, 
it's kind of scary how many jokes people make, you know, like on the Patriot Act, they did a thing with student loans and they're like, oh, the combination of the audience, right? They they asked the audience to write down how much student debt they have and the combination was like 7 million. (laughs) It's crazy. Man, I don't... (laughs) I mean, going to college with all that is... Scary. Yeah. Save money. Because you're like trying to find a job. You're also trying to survive. To survive, you have to find a job to help yeah. pay that off. And some, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, like I just like you just have to scrape by. But like, why? Bro, why no. do people have to scrape by? I don't by? think that's how it works. That that should not happen in the first place. And also, so I was researching colleges. So my mom advises me to not go to a public out of state because I go to because it's not worth it based on um price. Of and course. I was like and my mom was talking to me, why don't you try just applying for international? I was like, okay, let me look at some international schools. So I looked up well, not really international, it's Canada. <laughs> okay. But University of Toronto, right? <laughs> it's a public school. I was thinking, okay, maybe they have their own regions, right? So obviously they're regions would people living in the regions would pay less right mm-hmm. but i looked at the cost for international students thirty six thousand dollars for international how much is it for like out of state public is around 50k to 60k and public don't provide housing by the way Yeah, I mean, I just... A little surprised. College tuition in America is... Too high. Off the charts. Too high. I... And I think they... Like, I mean, obviously, even if you cancel all this debt, right? It's more like a reset. But what about the people who just got out of... Like, who are in college right now trying to pay off the loans they just got? Or people going to college, right? I feel like there's... They also need to do something about that because you just can't have resets over resets. You can't just do that. I mean, it's unsustainable. It doesn't even work. Yeah. Well, it does work, but not for the future because then you just have a cycle, right? People trying really hard to pay off their student loans and then they get canceled, right? But then then there's you still... Yeah. I think like on... I think you're supposed to pay off your student debt by, I think, the 10-year mark. (laughs) <laughs> but in reality, it takes people like twenty years. So basically, they're like people are um, done paying student loan debts when they're like forty or forty in their forties, which is kind of scary. So what if you want to start a family? I'm not saying like everyone should like that's your choice, mm-hmm. but if you want to start a family, the cost of a family is already super high, and you have to worry about like bills and other things. To keep yourself afloat so that you're not drowning in debt. But the thing is with student loan debt, you're already drowning in debt. So what do you do? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm just saying that it's super hard. <sighs> Anyways, um, <laughs> our second story is kind of like a rundown on the latest stimulus package that's being discussed. So pushback from both houses and both parties have led Pelosi and McConnell to resume talks on a second stimulus package deal. 
And right now, there are two bills that are looking to be voted upon. The first one, I guess, is the bipartisan one, and it's looking for a $900 billion relief bill. And second one, the Republicans are looking for a $500,000. And the second one is where, like, the Republicans are looking for a $500 billion relief bill. The other bill includes a stimulus payment like the one passed in the CARES Act, but they both seem to extend the current $300 federal um, unemployment benefit. They both intend to give $300 billion to payroll protection, which manages loan forgiveness for small businesses. And the bipartisan bill is looking to provide rental payment assistance, but no word on the extension of banning evictions. The Republican one just mentioned housing and rental assistance. It's not really talking about eviction. They both provide money, one as $50 billion and the other as $16 billion for COVID vaccine accessibility, testing, tracing, etc. Basically things dealing with managing COVID. And both bills would give around $100 billion for education and healthcare. Additionally, both bills also look to give states time to create liabilities in order to prevent COVID-19 lawsuits against organizations. Well, this seems to be a little underwhelming, if I may say so myself. I think so as well. Like, no stimulus payments? I expected a little bit more. Yeah, and many, like, I feel like you hear sometimes when you're on the news, everybody's saying, we need stimulus payments. There's no one else saying, no, stimulus no, payments don't stimulus do payments the work. stimulus payments don't do anything. You know, we shouldn't have any, um... Everyone's saying that, and they yet they can't seem to put it in. I mean, I'm sure, like, if you add it, it will be more expensive, but which makes it harder to pass, quote-unquote, but um, um, still. I feel like it's greatly needed right now. Yeah. I don't know. We can look at the situation ourselves. And also the stuff with um, the rental assistance, uh, rental and housing. Mm-hmm. I feel like they should have be they should have started uh, continued banning evictions because right now they have that right and they have there's no word on the extension of it and I mean with no stimulus payment and evictions bro not banning like what do you expect people to do then if you don't provide them like with money to keep themselves afloat then but then you also to get evicted yeah but then you also don't stop that. It's just basically like a downhole, like da- downward, the spiral. downward spiral, downhole. I mean, it is. It's basically going downhill into the bottomless pit, an abyss. And also, I mean, the others make sense, right? Like COVID nineteen vaccine accessibility and testing and tracing mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, education. Um, I feel like there needs to be a bit more i don't know (laughs) like i'm not sure if they want people to go back to schools then probably more right yeah but it's covid because they have mm -hmm. to have like sanitary items and things like that for every single school otherwise they're obviously going to get covid and everything's going to get shut down again and also with like mm, yes and also with like you know internet issues there have been cases where like people are not showing up to school right and you have to track these kids down like wondering like hey where are you yeah um and that requires money time resources also like giving kids computers if they don't have and wi-fi hotspots 
And also, like, the it seems uh, the last one, create liabilities and to prevent COVID-19 lawsuits against organizations. I mean, I understand that, that you have to, because COVID-19 is new and they create liabilities for I everything. Knew. But I feel like it's more of protecting the organizations than the people, right? Yes. It seems like it. Yeah. I mean... Most likely, these are going to be big organizations, right? And they have the resources, time, and money to make their own... Like, it's not that they don't know the protocols, right? Or Mm -hmm. they don't have the resources to implement the protocols. They do. Uh, Big organizations. Yeah, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure they make enough to have enough. So, what's the point I mean... And also... As, like, you still hear many companies, especially, like, um, more, like, blue-collar, quote-unquote, blue-collar workplaces are not equipped to social distancing protocols. And you're basically just exposing the workers. Exactly. Shouldn't they receive a little more help in that? Yeah, and also not help, like... You should, as an organization, you should have consequences if you don't follow the protocols. Exactly, so don't protect them if they're having lawsuits about COVID. I mean, if they have, like, lawsuits against them, they probably deserve it, right? They probably would be doing something wrong. So don't don't protect that behavior. What? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so moving on to... Moving on to our, moving on to our last but not least, (laughs) moving on to our last story, we have a carbon monoxide leak in a mine in southwest China that left 18 dead, which is confirmed. As of today, in a coal mine base in Chongqing, a leak of carbon monoxide trapped around 24 people inside. One person has been rescued out of there. And 18 have been confirmed dead, like inside. So there are five remaining alive and the efforts to save them are still underway. The mine, a coal mine, right, closed two months ago, actually. The workers there were just trying to dismantle the equipment. Um, The mine was built in 1975 and has operated as a large private coal mine. In 2013, there was an accident that left three people dead based off of what they call a hydrogen sulf hi- based off what they call a hydrogen sulfide poisoning accident. Mm-hmm. And this mine incident currently, right, is not alone. In September, another mine, coal mine in Chongqing left 16 dead due to unsafe levels of carbon monoxide as well. So the so, same issue. Yeah. China so since China is currently the largest producer of coal and that because of that there are so many mines this has caused around 100 related accidents in 2020 alone. So there's probably much more in the past. So, yeah. This is not just like a one-time incident. It seems to be a trend. Okay. Yeah. And, well, let's just say that the labor laws and the environmental laws in China, especially in regions that are not... are private and not totally under federal jurisdiction and um management are quite lax i think you can say lacking or like (laughs) non-existent or non-existent um so 
you know, they need to get their stuff together. <laughs> get it together, you guys. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is what happens with, there's, like, so many leaks, right? That means, like, when they built the mine in 1975, they should have, they should be doing what um, the EPA requires, right? Doing an environmental review, what could possibly happen. Not only, like, affecting the land around it, right? Because usually people think in these env- environmental reviews and the EPA just deals with, like, oh, is it hurting the, like, the grass, the animals around it, right? But many things in nature are also very unsafe for humans, like carbon monoxide. <laughs> and hydrogen sulfide. Yeah. Especially in a coal mine, right? So you have, like, when you build the mine, you have to be able... They should have listed the many possible side effects. <laughs> so, mm, not good. Obviously. I was a little confused when you first said, yeah, it kind of closed a few years ago, and I was like... Yeah, it's not like they, they were there. <laughs> Mining illegally? What? But then it was like, oh, yeah, they're just trying to get the equipment out. So so those were our three stories. But before we leave you, we have our Sunday snippet into the past. So in 1877, on December 6th, Thomas A. Edison makes the first sound recording when he recites Mary Had a Little Lamb into his phonograph machine. Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah, I don't remember much of it either. But it's okay. A very iconic song. Yes. <laughs> it is. And yet we don't remember. Oh, you know what? Another fun fact that I read about is that I think it was Thomas Edison and this one other guy were trying to, like, they created the first telephone or something and they were trying Grand to. Bell? Oh, yeah, Bell. They were trying to um, choose greetings, right? And then one chose hello, another was like, howdy. And but they stuck with hello. I might be wrong actually. And uh, people were like very in the comments of that post, I Tumblr post. They're like, "Man, the world could be different (laughs) if we chose howdy." Howdy. And then people were like, "Why didn't we choose howdy?" Howdy. So much more fun. I know, right? But once again, so American. Well, that's all that we have for you today. Thank you for listening, and have a good Sunday.